When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Belay. As always, spoiler alert, the Avs keep winning. They do not stop winning. They win two more games against the New Jersey Devils and the Carolina Hurricanes, and they beat the Hurricanes 7-4, to four, you know, the team that's given up the least goals in the NHL this season and shut them out in their first meeting. They put up seven on them in their next meeting just because they can and it's funny for them they do this for fun now yep they do it for fun and with the win against carolina hurricanes clinch the central division clinch the western conference so griffin these last seven games for the avalanche are utterly meaningless (laughs) there is nothing else this team can accomplish outside of winning the president's trophy yeah, with seven games left. There's two weeks left, like like a good four to five episodes left before the playoffs. I'm legitimately concerned that we are going to run out of things to talk about because we're already talking about resting guys. Like Devontae's is a little banged up. We're going to start getting Kadri back in the lineup. But like you're going to start to see guys take little maintenance games here and there. Like there's literally, like we've talked for the last month how these games are meaningless. Now they are literally meaningless. There is nothing left to do. We clinched. I know we didn't technically clinch the West before anyone else clinched a playoff spot, but come on. It was on the same day. If we played yeah. earlier that day, we would have. Yeah. We, we clinched the division before any other team in the rest of the league. And we clinched a division before any other team in the league. Like it's you mean the conference. You said the conference, excuse me, not the league. We have not clinched the league because the Panthers, just like the abs, just keep winning. So I mean the president's trophy is gonna be exciting, but I really don't think the abs care. Hey, I mean, you you heard Miko Rantanen after the game after he was asked, like, well, you guys knocked up the central and the west, and he went, whatever. Yeah. They don't care. <laughs> 
Like they don't care at all. They could give less of a shit about the president's trophy. If they like, the thing is like they can rest everyone and lose all seven games does not matter at all. Doesn't it doesn't. And you're talking about the other thing. If they win their last seven, they tie the league record for most wins in a regular season. And if the way they're playing, not out of the realm of possibility. Not out of the, they have not lost in the month of April, Griffin. We have not lost in the month of April. game winning streak right yeah. now. Their last regulation loss is coming up on a month ago. Yeah. We're not quite there yet. Their last regulation loss was March 23rd against the Vancouver Canucks. At the time we're recording this, is April 17th. By the time this is up tomorrow, we will be five days away from a month since our last regulation loss for not even the first time this season. Yeah. We're talking about they could have another month. Like we, we joked that what month did we just say it was? We talked about it off air. It was like January. January. They went 15 0 1. They're on pace to do that again. And I just, I, the, the funny thing is, is like outside of the Edmonton game, these last like four games have been just utter dominations for the abs. Like it hasn't even been close. Yeah. Most of these games have not been close. Like ever since the Minnesota game, which we really played much better than the wild. And it was a fluky loss. We went into Calgary without Nathan McKinnon and half of our defense and Landeskog and still won that game anyway on the road, which is hilarious. You ran over the sharks. You played two games against the penguins and won them both. You've had tired performances against Winnipeg and Edmonton. And then you had a couple days off. And now all of a sudden you're just running through people. Like it's nobody's business. Nine, three against the Kings three to one against the devils. Just, just a heads up. We're really not going to talk about the devil's game. And I don't think any of you care because I don't, think anyone cared about that game at all we're mainly going to talk about the hurricanes game which was way more fun but like i said we put up seven on the hurricanes the best debatable best defensive team but has given up the least goals in the league this season and and shut us out last time we played them you're you're playing against a vesna finalist goalie who did not play like one he no Ray he anderson had quite possibly the worst possible night he could have in several ways. Yeah, and it sucks that Freddie got injured. Um, I hope he's okay. It did not look good. Um, Those worry me. The non-contact ones, though, especially for a a guy like Freddie who's suffered through a lot of injuries in recent seasons. That worries me as something like something that might have been fixed a while ago just got popped again, and that's terrible news for the Hurricanes. It is, and I I mean, it, it didn't affect the game. It, that, that's what I think sucks most is it's like – it wasn't like it was a 2-2 game and he injured himself. It was like 6-7-3 to seven to three at I that point. Was, I think it was 7-4 to four at that point. Yeah. The game was just over. Yeah, there was like two minutes left in the game. Yeah, and it was a, it's rough to, yeah. to have that happen at that point. And we're really close to the playoffs right now, and we'll talk about this with the Hurricanes. This was a massive game for them because the Rangers are – tied with them now the rangers have caught them the the hurricanes needed to win this game and they gave up seven and we don't know what's wrong with freddie yet potentially just lost their starting goalie could this have gone any worse for them um i don't think so like it was it was one of those games we can talk about it now but the avs 
pretty much after like like I'd say the Hurricanes had the had the jump the first like five minutes of the game. They had a power play. It was pretty even, but yeah, yeah. Like they had a little bit of the jump to start the game, and then the floodgates just opened up for the Avs. Uh, the first goal of the game, it could have potentially ended as one of the worst power plays for the Avs because the top unit did not do jack shit. Uh, and then the second unit comes on. Berkey makes a good play on the boards, gets it to Newhook, and Newhook just looks off Freddie and sets up JT for probably one of the easier goals of JT Comfort's career, the second easiest goal coming later in this game. Um, but the Avs go up one nothing, and you're just like, what? this kid's only 21. Like he, he's a rookie and he's making plays like this. Um, okay. Uh, I thought, well, that's just first goal of the game. It's not like it's going to get a hand. That's a big first goal, but uh, boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Cause the Avs would score six more times <laughs> before the night was over. Yeah. This, this game did not go the way I was expecting it to at all. I mean, the, if the first game was any indication, we were going to be in for, a pretty low scoring affair against two teams that I know people think the abs like give up a ton of goals. We're fifth in goals against and the hurricanes are number one. I thought this was going to be like a three two, maybe four to three game. I was mainly concerned. Like, are we going to score anything against the hurricanes tonight? Considering they're the only team that shut us out just casually scored seven and, and Freddie got torched in this game for the hurricanes, but I wouldn't really say there was any goal against that was like particularly bad i thought we were just kind of harlem globetrottering out there for a little yeah. bit everything was working for the abs last night i mean it, the only thing you can say that went wrong for the abs is the bounces did not go their way in this game and they still won the game easily like yeah, it felt like the hurricanes, hurricanes had four bounces go their way for four goals four yeah. and they lost by three yeah like, like Every goal the Hurricanes score in this game. Like I know when we were up four to nothing, we'll talk, we'll talk more about why we were up four to nothing, but I just have to say this. When the Hurricanes made it four to two, I saw a bunch of people say, like, oh, the abs taking their foot off the gas. I really didn't think so. I thought they were still playing well. I just thought a good Hurricanes team got some pucks to the net and just got some good bounces their way. I, yeah. I didn't really think the abs took their foot off the gas. I was one of those people. I think I texted you saying the next goal in this game's huge. <laughs> I think I had texted you that. Um, but it, it just felt like one of those nights where maybe like the hurricanes were going to get some more bounces, but when you need seven lucky bounces, that doesn't tend to happen very often. So, <laughs> um, cause what was the, what was the, I, I think like the deserved window meter was like 78 for the abs and 22 for Carolina. I which, did not check it, but that sounds, yeah, that, that's what it was. So, I mean, there were a couple moments I had a little bit of doubt, but boy, oh boy, did they, every single time they got kind of pushed, they just said, all right, we'll just go score again. <laughs> and they did it. And in speaking of everything going right for this team, could anything go more right than Ben Myers scoring his first career goal in his first career game? Like a player that we really sh like shouldn't have gotten considering all the teams that wanted him and how loaded this roster is we land ben myers get him out here for his first game against the hurricanes and he scores on his first shot yeah what is going wrong for this team right now literally nothing 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 man like that was such a cool moment um i was in the building for tyson joe's first goal uh, i was in the building for kale mccarr's first goal i was in the building for ben myers first goal and every single time 
I, I, it gives you goosebumps, man. Like, it's just one of those things that's just really cool. I, you can never describe seeing something live and then you see it live and you're like, okay, that was pretty fucking cool. Like seeing the team celebrate with him and just how excited he, like Ben Myers got. It, it was, it's always a cool moment. And I, I will always get goosebumps watching it. I don't know why, but that's just, but I remember when Kale McCarr scored, I was like, holy fuck, this is like the coolest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and the, the coolest thing to me about it is, like, this is just looking ahead for next season, all right? Because obviously Ben Myers can't play in the playoffs, which sucks. But this is a kid fresh out of college, his first NHL. Like, you can't script that any better. First game, first shot, first goal, driving the net, beating Freddie Anderson, one of the best goalies in the league, against the best defensive team in the league. You, can, you cannot script that any better for the kid. It's just so awesome to see stuff like that. And he almost had the game winning goal. That would have been crazy. But of course the hurricanes, they just have to yeah. do everything. That would have been poetic, but it, it was a cool moment. Avs go up for nothing after that. Um, oh, the- we actually, we have to give you credit because for yes. the second goal of the game, we did not talk yes. about this. Nathan McKinnon scores his 30th goal of the season. And let's rewind the clock all the way back to January when Nathan McKinnon had three goals, three goals. And he had like a January 2% shooting percentage. (laughs) Yeah. He had like, I think 2% might've even been high. He, he had like a hundred shots and was not scoring on any of them. And you said, don't be surprised if Nathan McKinnon ends up scoring 30 goals this season. And Christian, you undersold yourself. Because Nathan McKinnon ended the night with 31. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to take my round and collect my flowers, but when you're betting on Nathan McKinnon, I mean, it's, it's, it's not very hard, but I did go out on a limb. I could have looked like an idiot, which I've done a lot on this show, but I did get one thing right. And that was pretty damn cool when he scored. Um, McKinnon has found another gear. He is ready for the playoffs. Uh, We talked about it a little bit on the last episode. If he plays the full 82 games, he probably has 50 goals. He's already at like at this pace. He probably has 60. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's been unreal and it's just going to be a shame because he's going to come up just short of a hundred points again. And the poor guy, like (laughs) he should have had a hundred in, uh, it should have a hundred a couple times. I remember the COVID shortened year. He had like 98, and they had to yeah. cancel the last like 20 games. The year he so, got robbed to MVP, he had 99. Then the yeah. COVID shortened season, he would have easily eclipsed 100. Last year's another shortened season. Only Connor McDavid had 100 points. And now this year, injuries again. I mean, Jesus, like two, yeah. two pandemic seasons is what it's taken to stop Nathan McKinnon from getting 100 points so far in his career. And now injuries this season, like, What's it going to be next year? Like the, the fucking world blows up. I mean, quite I mean, possibly the way, the way it's going for him. And also yeah. just the way things are going. Wouldn't yeah. be shocked. But. Wouldn't be shocked, but he's, he's playing unreal right now. We know how much of a clutch performer is Nathan McKinnon is in the playoffs. He's like what behind Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky for points per game in the playoffs. I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but he's from, from what we've seen from Nathan McKinnon in the last couple of years in the playoffs. 
certainly seems like it. So anyone who says like, oh, Nathan McKinnon's not a playoff performer, they are full of shit. That was my favorite thing, not to reflect back on the Vegas series and the more than we already have. People were like, McKinnon didn't show up for game six. I think he had like three points. <laughs> that was probably his best game of the season. Yeah. I mean, if you want to say McKinnon didn't show up for games three through five, I think that's fine. But that's that's three games in his playoff career. Yeah. Every other game, he has been utterly dominant. Remember the bubble where he had like a, he was a point per game. He had a point in every single game yeah. of the playoffs, but because we lost, he all of a sudden wasn't a performer anymore. I mean, if he has any help that year, they, they probably go to the cup final. Yeah. Well, not help. He had the help. Everyone just got fucking hurt. Yeah. Just so. everyone just got fucking hurt, but everyone seems yeah. to conveniently ignore that, but we'll, yeah. we'll save that rant for another time. Cause I'm had... sure we'll have time to talk about it. Cause like we said, we've got oh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll plenty of time to talk about it because there's <laughs> nothing else to talk about before the end of the season. Yeah. I can't reiterate it enough. We have seven games left and we have nothing to do. We have locked up. We locked up the central and the West at the same time. We have seven games left to play. Like, what are we going to do? We are going to watch some hockey and some teams and some players play against us. And you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe Ben Myers is our number one center today. (laughs) You say and that, we, and that's a very real possibility. And we still will probably win that game. We'll probably win anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like you but, could put Kiefer Sherwood on the top line, and sure enough, I'm sure Darcy Kemp would make like 70 saves. Yeah. And we'd still win anyway. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be – we'll have plenty of time to talk about reflecting on playoff failures in the past. But just to put a bow on McKinnon, um, I – we knew what we were going to see out of him. We knew those numbers weren't going to stay the where they were. Um, he completes his fourth straight 30 goal season, just ho-hum. He, he's just cruising along and he looks bored. I see. I don't, I don't agree. I think he has been more engaged these past like 10 games than he had been all year. I mean, like he's playing so well, but it's, it just looks so easy for him that he does all of this. And he just looks bored. It's like, where, when am I going to get a challenge here? Yeah, like he he, he was on one last night against Carolina. Um, that was the most emotion I've seen him show in a regular season game in a long time. I mean, when he scored that first one to go up 2 nothing, he did like – he did a full-on celly and then – Well, he also uh, beat the shit out of Matt Dumba a little while ago. I think that yeah, was it's emotional. True. Yeah, it's true. But like for goals, like did you see the video of him after he scored his second one and he thought Val scored it? He, I, I hadn't like that. That was cool to see. Um, but yeah, Nathan McKinnon was he's on one. He's I, there's no way he does it. But would you be shocked if he got to 100 points in these last seven games? I mean, where where is he at right now? He's, he's at, at 85. He's at 84 right now. So 16, 16 points. points in seven games. He need to be over two points per game. The way he's playing, man. But the way he's playing, he's not going to get there. But over, if he gets over 90, like that's insane. Because he'll end up playing what? If he plays the last, let's just say he doesn't play the last game against Minnesota. So he'd play, 60, he'd play 65 games. Yeah. So we're talking 17 games. He, he could arguably be in the Art Ross race. Yeah. And you well, know what's crazy? Heart, he'd be in the Hart race too. Yeah. You know what's crazy is no as good as the Avs are, they could realistically not have a single player score 100 points because they're that well, like that's how much depth they have. Yeah, and also just because of injuries and everything. Like Kadri's not going to hit the 100 now because he was injured, 
and McKinnon's not going to hit 100 because he was injured. Rantanen has a chance. He's nine points back. He has an opportunity to maybe get 100 points. He needs nine points in seven games. He can do it. One big game's all it takes, and now yeah. it's a breeze. Yeah. I mean, it, that, I think that's just kind of funny that the best team in the league could have no 100-point scores, and one of the highest-scoring teams in the league could have no 100-point scores. So – yeah, the abs are really fucking good. Nathan McKinnon, he's he's unreal. He will hit 100 points. And I know we talked about that with Raj, about how we'll look back on Kale McCarr's career and be like, how didn't he win like 10 Norrises? I think we're going to look back on Nathan McKinnon and be like, how did he not win an MVP? Oh, yeah. Like, Nathan McKinnon's career, like like Raj said, we were going to look at it in 10 years and be like, this guy never won a heart, never yeah. won an Art Ross, or well, too early to say that yet, but or a Rocket Richard or anything like that. And is consistently one of the best players in the league and he's gonna have two con smites and however many stanley cups at that point but we're gonna look at him and be like how has he never really won any major awards how did taylor hall win that fucking heart trophy <laughs> that that one is gonna go down in history as some bullshit that one is that, aged very poorly that one's gonna go down we're gonna look back on that in 20 years and be like what the fuck <laughs> taylor hall the third line winger for the bruins won a heart trophy before and nathan mckinnon did not Right. Like what, what happened and help drag the avalanche from the worst team in the salary cap era to the playoffs with a 99 point season and didn't win the heart. Yeah. And the dry settle year, Nathan McKinnon had 40 more points than the next closest forward. And then the other closest to him was a rookie defenseman and he didn't win the heart over <laughs> a guy who has Connor McDavid on his team. Yeah. Bullshit. It, we'll look back on it and we'll be like, what the fuck, man? But I don't think McKinnon cares about that. I frankly, if he goes down and gets like three cups, I, I'll care less. He'll just be one of those things we'll look back and laugh on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was right about something for once. So I will, I will go to my grave saying I was right. I called Nathan McKinnon scoring 30 goals when he had two. So I'll take that. All right. That's also pretty crazy. Like we said that in January when he had two goals and then he actually went and did it. Yeah, he's had 27 or 28 goals now since January. Yeah, that's on. And he's missed games in that time. Yeah, this this team is so good. It's so good. And I love it. I love it, man. It was so good. Ben Myers scoring his goal in this game as well. Alex Newhook having, I think, one of his best games of the season as well. He's, He's been really good these past five games. Even when Newhook, like. We're talking about him on the up part of the roller coaster. Even when he was on the down part, he's still really, really good and yeah. playing very, very smart hockey. That's why I love him so much. And Burakovsky had an amazing game as well. And you, just the depth in general had a great game. You had Manson picking up another point. You had Logan O'Connor breaking his slump against the Devils. It's the only thing we'll say about the Devils game. Yeah. The only takeaway I had from the Devils game is Logan O'Connor finally scoring and getting an assist in this game as well. And you had guys like Cogliano, who I thought had a very good game in this yep. one as well. And Albe Cubell picks up another point. Like the time on ice is just so evenly dispersed right now. You look at this, it's almost art with how we're dispersing time on ice now compared to a week ago. Ranton, 19 minutes. McKinnon, 18 minutes. Comfort played more than McKinnon. Think about that. And Nachushkin at 20. And here's the big one. 
McCarr, 22, Taze, 21, Manson, 20, Gerard, 20. It's exactly what we said would happen when Gerard comes back. He is a minute eater. And I did not realize how much I missed Samuel Gerard until he was gone for that month. Say what you want about the guy. Some people are already dead set that he is not a good defenseman. His puck moving skills are next to Kale McCarr and Devon Taves for the best on the team. Yes, bad you can make an argument. leading the team in hits and block shots in that game, by the way. But don't Gerard, let, that get, don't let yeah. that get in the way of a good narrative. Yeah. So people hate, hate on the guy, and I, I, I don't get it just because he's small. Like, if he was Manson size and he had the series he did against Vegas, people would be like, you know, he was close. But since no he's one would talk, no one would talk about it. Yeah. No one would care at all. But it's the fact that he's below average in height that yeah. people find it important to bring yeah. up. But I did not realize, like, you just don't realize how much you miss a guy until he's gone. Um, his puck moving skills, his way he reads passes in the defensive zone. He is a full fledged top four defenseman in this league. Say what you want about it. Uh, top pair on any yeah. team, not the Avalanche. Yeah. He is so fucking good. And I, I love the guy. I think he, he was on one last night with the spin moves. Like he did it probably five or six times. And it's every single hurricanes, like that's yeah. not some bum team. The hurricanes are as good as it gets when it comes to shutting stuff like this down. Yeah. And ah, uh, who was it? Who just walked Jacob Slavin of all. I think it was Gerard who I think it was too. absolutely embarrassed Jacob Slavin who Hockey heads use as like the prototypical defensive defenseman. You want Jacob Slavin on your team. And the apps kind of walked around him several times. And continuing what you're saying about Gerard, I think him and Josh Manson is a marriage made in heaven. They're perfect I for each other. love those two together. They're exactly what I hoped they would be and exactly what I wanted out of Gerard and Eric Johnson for most of the season. And now to be fair. Eric Johnson's getting a little bit older. Like Josh Manson's Eric Johnson from four years ago. Right, exactly. But now you, that's exactly it. You have an upgraded version of Eric Johnson with a healthy Sam Gerrard. That's an amazing second pair. And it's... You ready for the best part, Griffin? If, if Josh Manson plays bad, who can you throw up there with him? Oh, Bo Byram. Right? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's not like it's you're throwing up Jack Johnson. Anymore. You're throwing up uh, a future... Top pair defenseman with him. So, I mean, for fun, like yeah, just, for fun. just because he can, for fun, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Like it's just, okay, cool. But it's, I agree. I, I think Manson and Gerard are the top two or, or in the top four. As good as Bo Byram's played, I like him on that third pair with Eric Johnson because let's be honest, the, the Jack Johnson story has been great this year, but he's been very, very average. And the potential with Eric Johnson is so much higher than it is for Jack. Um, I, I think it's going to be Eric Johnson. And I also think. just Eric's played better the last couple of games. And it's really just going to come down to who's playing better and who's playing worse. Cause in this game you had Jack Johnson playing and on the, that amazing save by Darcy Kemper. And the thing was makes that amazing save. Jack Johnson has no idea where the puck is. He has no idea Kemper made that save, but that the puck is directly at his feet. He does not know what's happening. Sebastian Ajo picks it up and puts it in a wide open net. And with Eric Johnson, the game he was in, he played a little better, I would say. And it's not like Jack Johnson's been bad, but now I feel like we're we're kind of getting to this point where like, okay, 
Jack Johnson was a tryout at the beginning of the season. And Eric Johnson is the longest tenured guy on the abs that now you're starting to see who fits a little better. Now that the defense is a little healthy. I feel like Jack stepped his game up with everyone out. Now that everyone's healthy, I think Eric just works better with Byram and it, all, it and it, you can switch it if you need to. It doesn't need to be a permanent thing. I feel like that's no. what we forget when we talk about these lineups like this. It's not permanent. You can switch Jack and Eric in whenever you want. You know, as, as Rudo says, rotating the Johnsons, but you can you, you can really do whatever can. you want. And I've been I, I agree the the potential of Byram and Eric Johnson on a pair is so much more dangerous than Byram and Jack. Um, it, it's just I. It seems as of right now, and who knows what Ryan when Ryan Murray comes back, how that's going to affect the lineup because I, I don't I really don't know if it does. All I, I don't much. think it does. It's just another depth guy. Um, but I it's gonna be interesting because for Ryan Murray's case, he was playing fantastic hockey before he broke his hand. So but that's the thing I, with Ryan Murray, is that he has those stretches and then he gets hurt. And yeah. then I don't know if you can go into the playoffs. And I, I hate saying this because I hate the word like injury prone, but I don't know if you can go into the playoffs relying on Ryan Murray in a top six role and then be surprised when he goes out. Like that's, it's just been the story of his career. Well, and that's even more brutal when you go into a playoff game and you're having to play with five defensemen. Right. So I agree. I've, I would, I think you just go, you keep Manson Gerard two, uh, three, four, um, and then Byram's for sure in there. And just off the games we've seen, I think it's Eric Johnson and him work the best. Um, so you got your D kind of figured out, but like you said, we have options. If it doesn't work one game, if Jack or Eric Johnson has a terrible game, guess what? You can bench him for Jack or you could throw in the full – offensive play and play Ryan Murray. So you're going to have options. I, I just, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm really interested to see what happens. Cause it, it's like, you just have no idea. I mean, something's got to be interesting. This yeah. Last couple stri- I mean, actually we might end up seeing them both because Devon Tays is a little banged up. Bednar says is going to take a little, maybe a little bit of maintenance before the end of the season does not matter. Nope. Like if, if you, if you wake up with a sore throat, I don't want you playing until the playoffs. Yeah. Like I, it doesn't matter. You don't need to do anything at this point. We have literally no stakes for the rest of the season. Yeah. If you win the president's trophy, oorah, it's another banner you can put up or another notch on that banner you can put up. I don't care if Florida wins it. I don't believe you're going to play them in the Stanley cup finals. So it really does not affect anything. I mean, the abs, if they were the eight seed, I don't think they would care. I think they would have the same attitude they do right now. Like nothing matters until the playoffs right now. And even then in the playoff race, we only have one game against a team that directly affects us. And that's Nashville. We can kind of determine where they're going to finish outside of that. Nothing. No, it's a whole lot of nothing. Um, I'm cool with Devon Taves sitting out. I'm sure we'll see McCarr sit out a couple games. We'll see McKinnon sit out probably the last game of the year. Um, there's just no need to play him or risk injury. Like I know we're going to get the rest versus rust debate. And I always err on the side of the rust debate because at least, you know, they're going to be there. Right. Like, it's just like not the- to get, not to get in the NBA here, but fucking, uh, 
the Dallas Mavericks had their best player, Luka Doncic, play in the last game, which was completely meaningless, and he strained his calf and missed the first game. Right. Like, I, it's just not a risk you can take. No. Like, there, if, there's a, if there's a 1% chance that Miko Rantanen could get injured in that final game against the Wild, it's not yeah. worth it. It's We're not talking, worth it at all. That's what I'm saying, man. We're going to talk like first line center Ben Myers along with right winger Logan O'Connor against Minnesota. Right, like Kiefer Sherwood could be playing top six minutes by the end of the season. Yeah. He's not even on the team right now. Yeah. Like it's, it's just the way it is. So um, I, I guess the only other thing I, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this for going back to the Carolina game. Cause we'll, we'll kind of put a bow on it. Cause we've talked about all the things. Um, what did you think of Darcy Kemper in this game? Cause if you just look strictly at his stats, it was rough. But I, I was at the game. I, I thought he played pretty damn well. He made that miraculous save and no one could help him. But I, I thought he was okay. It was just a bunch of lucky bounces beat him. Yeah. I mean, you watch each individual goal and what do you want Darcy to do yeah. on any of them? Like even the two goals Carolina scored to quote unquote get back in the game incredibly lucky deflections lucky bounces the aho goal i mean literally what do you want him to do he just sprawled out and made that amazing save now the onus is on the defense to clear out the puck no one even knows where it is and aho has 10 seconds to bury it into a wide open net while martinook is laying on kemper yeah and like the svechnikov goal like what do you what do you want there like i don't know he almost like, made the save like maybe Kemper's not the 980 that he was against Edmonton and maybe he's not going to do that in the playoffs, but it's fine. Whatever. We twice score seven. Yeah. So you, you give leeway for four lucky bounces. I mean, Carolina, they were really never in this game. They never got the big goal to get them back within one. They just no. kept getting lucky bounces and couldn't capitalize on their own momentum. They, they gave up three extra goals. If they played better defense, maybe it would have mattered, but it, it, it didn't. And it, I also think it ties back into my Kemper theory that the worse we play in front of him, the better he plays. Agreed. We play, we play amazing against the Kings and he, he gives up three. Doesn't matter at all. Play amazing against the Hurricanes. He gives up four. I mean, I wouldn't really say any of them were his fault, but they're more than he's given up recently when we played worse, but you know, well, and it's hard for the defense to stay engaged when you go up four nothing in a game. Right. Like this is all, this is all score effects. And let's be honest. This isn't going to happen in the playoffs. We're, no. we're not going to be going up four to nothing in the first two minutes yeah. of the second period, maybe, maybe once or twice. <laughs> but I also say when we do, they're not going to really let the foot off the gas. They know what's at stake. They know what they're doing. They're not because it's a playoff series. You can't even let them get two and carry that momentum into the next game. This team's mature. We've, this team has shown way more maturity than they have in the last two years, just in this last month combined. And that this stuff's not going to happen in the playoffs. They're going to be engaged. They're not going to take their foot off the gas. They're going to keep playing in front of Kemper. So I don't really want to take anything away from this game outside of the fact that Carolina is the best defensive team in a huge game for them, not for us. And we stored seven on them because now Hurricanes are kind of in deep, deep trouble because now they lost their starting goalie. And... They're tied with the Rangers. So it's just been the story of the Avs right now. They're playing teams that need points while they don't, and they keep winning. And sometimes it's Darcy Kemper stealing a game. Sometimes it's we're scoring seven or nine goals. Yeah, I, I wish I had the stat in front of me. Uh, they were showing it on the bottom ticker of NHL Network. It was like in the Avs' seven-game win streak, they're outscoring teams like 34 to 18. 
<laughs> it's been it's been crazy. And also, my, um, what was this? I don't know it off the top of my head. We're professionals, I promise. But we have the most seven goal games since the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, dude. This team is ridiculous. And I, I want to say they're going to lose. I, I, like, they have to lose eventually, right? And you keep telling me, I don't know, man. And every single time, they just, they just keep finding ways to win. I mean, like, this was really our hardest game until the end of the season where we at least know that most of the team is going to be playing because we have Washington on Monday. The Avs are going to boat race them. Uh, Seattle, I get Edmonton could be something. That, that Seattle game could be next to the Devils. My least, like it's a late game. We're talking an 8 p.m. puck drop on the road. road. And we have to record afterwards. That could be like just one of like, unless something crazy where Kale McCarr has like four goals or like Nathan McKinnon has four goals. I don't know if that game's going to be anything worth talking about, but we're yeah. going to have to talk about it. But um, that Edmonton game could be, I think Edmonton's going to really come out and try and kick the shit out of us. But like you said, if we lose that game, I, I just don't care. We could lose <laughs> all of these games. And it doesn't matter if we lost all of these games. Would we, I think we'd still be 500 in April. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's ridiculous, dude. It's, it's just, it's just unreal. Um, But we've said that probably like, I wish there was like an unreal counter. Yeah. We should get that put on a shirt. Yeah. Cause that, that's where we're at. Um, I, like, I guess this, like, this, this is just what the show is until the playoffs. Yeah. Nothing matters. This team is absolutely ridiculous, and that's going to get to the playoffs, and our attitudes are going to change completely. Oh, yeah. The games I, – I like, the worst part about all these games is, like, none of them have gotten me in playoff mode, and no, I, need, I, I need to get prepared. I haven't, I haven't felt in playoff mode since the Wild game. Yeah. Like, I, I need to get prepared for the highs and lows of playoff hockey. Like I'm going to be a psychopath. Yeah. I know it because I'm so high on this team, and any setback is going to send me into a frenzy. Yeah. Like it's going to be bad because here's the thing there's, they're going to go to a seven game series eventually. And that series may kill me. It oh, may yeah. kill me. The, like the, the second round, whether it's St. Louis or Minnesota, assuming we get there, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I feel pretty good about our chances, but that that's going to be a really tough series. And there's, there's going to be a point at some point in the playoffs where we're going to be down two to one or something yep. in a series and everyone's going to be losing their minds it's another. We probably will be too. Like, let's just prepare for that. Like, we'll we'll try and remain calm, but like, well, we probably will be losing it. But oh we'll, yeah. We'll, if it, if it's, if, it, if we're losing to Minnesota in the second round, you're not going to recognize my tone of voice. You're going to think I've been replaced by a demon. <laughs> we're not going to be civil humans. Um, like you, you but, can ask my 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 friends. Like from the the 16, 17, 18 runs for the Capitals, I was psychotic like literally like you gotta stop like you're scary yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a great time but like i said i'm not prepared for it because we just haven't had any games where i'm like this is do or die like we just haven't had that um so hopefully hopefully we get in the zone here that minnesota game could get me in the zone even though there's gonna be no one playing just because of my pure hatred for minnesota yeah um that's like that's a good end of this the season game Whereas we're going into Minnesota and fuck you guys kind of thing. Could be. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. 
interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. So I'm looking forward to that. I did just have one more thing pop in my head about the Carolina game, and then then we'll be done with the Carolina. Um, Miko Rantanen was, would I would say, pretty bad in this game. Like, he turned the puck over a bunch, and even when he was bad, I think he still ended up with two or three points. (laughs) Yep, he had a goal and two assists, three points. Yeah, like, and he turned the puck over a bunch. And the offense three, too. Yeah, like, he, like I look back on Amico Ranton, and I, I maybe it's just because we're such That's a because he, he's credited for zero giveaways. Yeah, like, but he, there were a couple times he'd like do some moves and he'd just totally forget the puck. Like, there were a couple times we came out on entries and I was like, wow, Miko's just not on today. And I look at the box score and it's like, oh, we had three points a goal and two assists. Like, oh, okay, never mind. Oh, he's, oh, he's not. I'm on an idiot. Also, he's tied for second in time on ice and yeah. like. It's like, whatever, with Rantanen at this point. The guy's so good, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's going to turn it on in the playoffs. He was great in the playoffs the last several years. My, my point being is, like, even when I thought he was bad, he was still one of the best players on the ice. Like, that, that was the whole point I was trying to get at. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, and speaking and of, of Finnish players in the NHL, um, Sebastian Ajo is a baby. And Carolina yeah. Hurricanes are in with being babies what a soft franchise are you on board with me now about how much i hate this team i'm i'm not nearly as much as you because you have your other fandom of the capitals to hate for them i do think they're a big whiny team um like it all happened during that like kill mccarr just murdered eric stall jordan stall eric jordan Jordan. getting the stalls mixed up um he murdered him like it, it was it was a Rob Blake S kit. Like that was a clean shot. Um, that might be and, one of the cleanest hits I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, and, like complete shoulder to chest. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. The whole crowd lost their shit when that happened. Um, and the, the hurricanes acted like he fucking lined him up and just tore his head off. Like, it was like, that was a good hit, man. Yeah. I love Sebastian. I trying to come over there and talk to him. You literally have Kale McCarr, like telling him to like, off. 
fuck off and eric like, johnson not eric jack johnson screaming fuck you at aho like my, my like, favorite thing too did you watch kill McCarr on the shifts afterwards yes the carolina see, was trying to oh, line yes. him up that's exactly what i was getting at with sebastian aho sticking his knee out trying to take out kale McCarr on the ensuing power play don't think i missed that sebastian i saw that that's what yeah, i yeah. mean about the hurricanes these guys are soft as hell and they act so tough and I've played the Hurricanes six, not, I haven't played them. I've watched my teams play them. That sounded so cocky. I've watched my teams play them six times this season. Every single time I walk away going, this team is a bunch of children. They can handle nothing. And the second their systems are broken, the second things don't work for them anymore, they go into a baby rage. And Tony D'Angelo, one of the biggest babies in the league, Rod Brindamore is such a whiny baby. It's so insane. And th- these guys just get under my skin. Them in the wild go toe-to-toe in terms of who whines more. I'm not kidding. That, that's interesting. Like I don't know, because Carolina, they just do it unashamedly. The wild just kind of act like incredulous about everything. Like, what do you mean that's a penalty? The Hurricanes like will start crying. Yeah. It's actually embarrassing. I think I tweeted that out. I was like, it was like 10 minutes left in the game after McCarr's hit. And I was like, let's just get to the end of this game. No one gets hurt. No one takes a dirty shot because that's where the Hurricanes were at. And Kale McCarr's just so good. He, he dodged like every hit they tried that's to the thing Where Aho tried to tried to stick his knee out. Kale McCarr just skated around him like it was a video game. Yeah, like it, it, it's fine. I do think they're a bunch of crybabies. They're in deep shit now with Freddie being out and they may luck out and play the Penguins who are going to be down to their second string goalie as well. So they may luck into winning a series, but the Hurricanes have gone from, I think, Stanley Cup contenders to lucky to get out of the second round. Yeah. So how the tides have changed. You want to talk about the Avs and Hurricanes going in opposite directions. Hurricanes are really on the downward trend. The Avs have only gone up from what was already a record high. Yeah, I didn't realize until this game just how far ahead of them we've gotten, like them and Florida. Because I remember when after the first game, we looked at this one like, okay, that's going to have some major presence trophy implications. We're now 12 points ahead of the Hurricanes, too. They've been bad, dude. They've and- not been. They're four, five, and one in their last 10. And like we said, they have choked the division lead of the Rangers. They're, They're only saving grace. Their yeah. only saving grace is that they beat the Rangers this week. That's yeah. it. That's about it. So talk about teams going in opposite directions. The Avs, I wouldn't even say this is peaking because they still have so many pieces to add. They're going to um, get Landeskog and Kadri. We, we actually went most of the episode without saying we're, they're going to get Landeskog and Kadri back, but they're going to get them back. But the thing Kadri is, is, is maybe at some point this week and Landeskog skating again. He's skating again. I think Landy comes back the last, like Landy could be the only like top six player who plays big minutes against Nashville and Minnesota right. just to get his legs under him. Um, but he was skating with the team again today. Kadri, they're returning. They're guessing sometime this week. My guess would probably be Seattle. That would be my guess. I'd, um, I'd probably say Edmonton, but I'm usually yeah. wrong on those. So yeah, Seattle or Edmonton, like shit. He'll probably play against Washington, and we'll be like, oh, all right, well we were. Yep, all right, nope, never mind. He's fine. Yeah. So you're gonna get better, and the depth has been the best it's been all year with those guys out which is kind of exactly how we outlined it when all these guys went out. It's like, okay, the depth players get a chance to step up, and boy, oh, boy, have they stepped up. Like, I honestly – you can And then we got another now. one from Ben Myers. You can make a case now. I think Knack may crack the lineup for day one of the playoffs. 
He's I, been have, really I legitimately have no clue who's going to get scratched yeah. when Kadri and Landis Scott come back. I don't like, is it Cogliano? Like maybe, but he plays the most penalty kill of any forward. Yeah. And like, been, is, he keeps, he keeps scoring. He got another assist in this game. Knack has been really good with uh new hook. Like they, they actually gel pretty well together. Granted new hooks, a far superior player to anyone on that line or he's playing against usually, but we're talking about maybe like our third line when everyone gets healthy, it's new hook Berkey and Comfort. Like that is you're talking about two guys who are going to be on the top six on the abs next year. And then Berkey's going to be a top three forward probably for another team next year. So it's, it's there. The depth's there. Everything's, everything's there. Like it's, we just got to get to the playoffs now and we've got seven games to go. Dude, this month is taking forever. We're halfway forever. through April. We still have seven more games yeah. left, and there's nothing to play for. Nope. This I, is going it, to take forever. It's going to take forever. We're going to get there, though. Um, I, I I guess we'll close the episode unless you have anything else about the, the hurricane. We can, talk, we can talk about the wild card race, too. That's what I was going to do. I was yeah. saying we'll, we'll close the episode with the who are the Avs potentially going to play because after yesterday it looked like for sure going to be Dallas or Nashville um, as both Dallas, Nashville and uh, LA won last night and Vegas lost LOL. Um, so it looked pretty good. And then today the predators just get absolutely shit kicked by the St. Louis blues and opens back up the wild card race because now Dallas could go into the seven seed technically if they beat Vancouver tomorrow and uh, it's looking more and more like Nashville could potentially be our first round matchup. And like Raj was saying, I don't necessarily love that for the abs. It's definitely a tougher series than it would be against the stars. Yeah. It seems like now we're kind of down to two opponents now that LA is behind both Dallas and Nashville. So if Vegas does catch someone and get into the playoffs, they're going to get into the Pacific instead of the wild card. And it's, it's the same story with Vancouver. And then you would need LA to pass one of those teams again, which I guess they technically could with their, they could. Potential. but it really looks like it's going to be Dallas or Nashville right now, technically Nashville, because Dallas has the game in hand with the loss for Nashville today. I mean, loss is underselling it. They got killed eight to three to the, the blues today who have won nine in a row. And I really just, I'd prefer Dallas because I think they're the perfect combination of you have to take them seriously. We get revenge on them and we are much, much better than them. Yep. Nashville, there's really not a demon exercise there. When we lost to them, we, we were the eight seed yeah, after we, making we, the playoffs for after being the worst team in the NHL. Not really, like we pushed that series to six. There's really nothing to be ashamed of from losing that series. They would definitely be a tough out. And I mean, everyone freaks out like, oh, Nashville, you don't want to play them. They're so physical. I think they're, I think Calgary would have a tougher time with them than we would. I think we take care of business in five or six. I mean, Soros has not been good lately. No. And if Soros is not good against the abs, it is fucking curtains. Like yeah. you need your goalie to be a 930 to even have a shot at winning two games in a series against yeah. us. And that's just, be, that's just being realistic. If yeah. Soros is a 910 sweep. Agreed. I, I, he hasn't been good, but the potential's there. Like, if you're telling me, would you rather face UC Soros or Jake Ottinger, give me Ottinger. Ottinger. 
Maybe. Ottinger every single time. Yeah. But because Ottinger could probably steal one game for Dallas in that series, like he did already. Because is Holby out the rest of the year? He's out for the rest of the regular season. I saw. Yeah. Like so, you're not going to face Holby. I mean, you're talking about maybe facing Scott Wedgwood, who's has um, his moments. But like, he's not like Scott Wedgwood's not going to beat the Avs. No. And neither is Jake Ottinger. And the way UC Soros is playing lately, like you, you're just not scaring me. No. And the like the only thing like people would take Nashville in that series because oh they're so physical, man. Like yeah, you know, yeah. all you hear about Nashville is oh you don't want to play them in the playoffs. They're always so physical. They like so many hits. I don't generally see it from the way they've played lately. They don't strike me as this super physical team, but they're physical. They lay hits, but it's not like they're much tougher than the abs are. Like yeah, I, really, I would fully welcome that in the playoffs here. It's like, oh, your your plans to hit us, really. Could like you make the, the argument? I, I'm not trying to be cocky here. Like the, the, it's going to come across cocky. I want to say the Predators' top line could be the third best line on the ice between those two teams because you got McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, and then you got Kadri, Nachushkin, and Lekkinen. Like I'd argue those two top lines are better than Nashville's top line. Yeah, and who's their top line? Oh my, really? That's an interesting top line. So. I don't think this is going to be the top line for the playoffs, but it's Nick Cousins, Ryan Johansson, and Luke Cunnan. I don't think that's what they're going to do. No. So why don't we try Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, and Matt Duchesne? Yeah. That's a that's a decent line. I'd say that's probably a ah, – mm, that's close. It's close in terms – but we're comparing it to our second line here. Yeah, we're comparing it to our second line. Right. It's not even close to the top line. Nachushkin so. and Kadri are better. Yep. I think it's you go down to Berkey and you put him up against Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne's better and Forsberg's better, but yeah, they're the <laughs> third the thing, best man. line. Yeah. Like that, that's their best line. And I know Tanner Janos had a good year and everyone's in love with him because he fights okay. all the fucking time. And break. like he's had 20 goals. But th- the thing is, is Nashville will give us like that could be a six game series just because winning games in Nashville's tough. Like Nashville's a tough barn to go into and win games. Um, but you're talking the Avs only have to go in there and win once, and they could win the series in five. Like, it, I think that's possible. Um, if you're asking me, do I think the Predators beat the Avs in a no. seven game series? They beat us four times. I maybe like a two percent chance that happens. Like, if the like, Avs are fully healthy and the Predators are fully healthy, there's gonna be some fluky shit that has to happen. UC Soros would have to be a 950 at minimum. And Roman Yossi would need to have two points a game. Matt Duchesne would need to be a goal per game kind of player. Forsberg would also need to be able to do the same. Like they so much would need to go right for them. And, and people talk about Nashville's this big physical team. It's really just Tanner, you know, like he's sec- he's second in the league in hits. And I, I think that's what people are looking at. Like, Oh, the rookies physical. So therefore the entire team is like, you know, what's funny is if the abs wanted to, they could just throw Curtis McDermott out there. Right. And, and like, if the abs wanted to, they could just hit him back harder. Like, yeah. okay, please Tanner, you know, please run into Gabe Landeskog and let me yeah. know how that goes for you. Yeah. Like, okay. And I know Nashville's beaten us twice. Um, like they could technically win the season series. games ever. Yeah. Like they won the COVID game, which both teams had insane amount of COVID. Um, the second game was a good game. Like the Preds played perfect and the Avs played okay. 
I mean, they, they weren't great in that Wasn't, game. Not a performance to write home about, but still an absolute jobbing in overtime. Yeah. Like it, we're talking about, they had to win it in overtime. So on a the worst call ever. Yeah, it was a really bad call. So I I'm eager to see what what's going to happen, but I, if I had to put my money on it right now, I'd probably say it's Nashville. And by the time we talk about this on Wednesday, Dallas could lose to Vancouver and it's like, Oh, okay. It's going to be Dallas. I think but, it's going to be Dallas. Honestly, I'd, I'd put money on it being Dallas. It just seemed right to play the stars. Nashville's better than Dallas. I think they're going to win more of their games and it's going to be close. It's going to come down to, of course, the last day of the season, but Dallas to me is the eighth best team in the West. So, or I guess seventh ahead of LA, yeah. but between Nashville and Dallas, if you put them head to head, Nashville wins. So I just think Dallas is going to fall behind and maybe take that final spot unless they just keep winning. And which is possible. I mean, tough, Dallas tough is- loss today for the predators really, really affects perspective of them right now. Yeah. But it doesn't get, it doesn't get any easier. Their next game's Calgary, Tampa, Minnesota, Calgary, Colorado, and then they finish against Arizona. Yeah. So I, I don't mean, know. It's going to be close. I, I still like Vegas has an outside chance, but their best opportunities to catch LA. It's yeah. Not and LA is behind both of them. If Vegas does get in, they're going to pass LA. I really don't think we need to worry about them. Honestly, I, mean, I, Vegas, I we watched them against Edmonton yesterday. Edmonton beat the shit out of them. Vegas has bigger problems right now. They are they, like they're three points behind the Kings now because the Kings beat Columbus. The math does not favor Vegas. They are running out of racetrack very, very quickly. They do not have many games left to play. And that what they have six games left and yep. they need to probably win five, five. of them yep. and need and they need L.A. to lose a couple of games. And L.A. has the easiest schedule of anyone by far. It's not it's actually not even close. The, they play Seattle, Chicago, two times against the Ducks, and they finish up against Vancouver. And Vancouver is by far their toughest competition. So maybe they lose that one, but they would need to lose one of the games to Seattle, Chicago, or Anaheim. And Vegas needs to win out against St. Louis, Washington, Dallas, New Jersey, Chicago, and San Jose. The math does not favor the Golden Knights, guys. This is no. very much happening that they could miss the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, and now Logan Thompson's their number one goalie all of a sudden. Like, Mike's been, he's been a little better than Robin Leonard. Better than Leonard. But that's the thing is, it's like we've seen this with AHO goalies. Like, Jordan Bennington's the exception of like he can lead you to a cup, but they, they lose their steam. Like, they, they just, they, they, people figure out the book on them. And it's just, I think Vegas is going to look back on this year and see it as kind of a wasted year. Like granted, like I'm not trying to vouch for Vegas, but they got destroyed by injuries. This no season. one has had more injuries than Vegas. Even like, us, even yeah. us, they, they've been crushed. And the thing is, is their team's not getting any younger. Like this yeah. could realistically happen again next year. I mean, I next year, I think they're going to be fine. They're easily going to be a top three team in the Pacific, assuming they stay healthy and Eichel has a training camp under him. I think they're going to be fine for next yeah. year. They're going to lose a lot of guys. But you know who else hasn't been good? Mark Stone. They, yeah. I think they rushed him back. We were saying, oh, he faked his injury. He looks bad. He yeah. looks like he's still nursing an injury in a bad way. 
and they rushed him back in order to make the playoffs. It is not working. He is not playing like Mark Stone at all. And this is just a, it's a disaster for Vegas right now to trade for Eichel and all the cap shenanigans. They've had to do seven players on LTIR right now to fit an injured Mark Stone back into the lineup. None of their goalies can stay healthy. And an L.A. team that is limping into the playoffs, no Drew Doughty, and just generally, this feels mean, but not a great team, not a finished product yet. We just beat them 9-3. to three. And Columbus yesterday or two days ago, by the time you're listening to this, very close to winning that game. If I think if I watched that game, if Columbus tied it, they would have won it. Yeah. And it, it's- they've played good teams ever since their uh, win against Calgary. They've since then lost to Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota, and Colorado. They cannot play against good teams. If they match up against Edmonton, as weird as as it sounds, uh, Edmonton kills them in the first round. It it could be a sweep. Yeah. Well, I said that about Winnipeg last year. Look how that turned out. So I I agree. It's going to be an interesting run. That's the only thing we have to look forward to is just see who we're playing. Um, I'm hoping by the end of next week, maybe we have a little bit more clarity. Uh, not likely, but I don't think so. I think Nashville and Dallas are just going to go up and down, up and down until the very, very last day. I mean, who do they play last? Nashville Nashville plays Arizona the day after they play us for the final game and Dallas plays Anaheim. So we're not going to have any answers at all. Nope. I mean, realistically though, is it Dallas plays Vegas next week or is it this week? I think it's this week. I just closed it. I always do this. I'm but sorry. They, no, next week, the 20, the, their third to last game, their last important game, they play Vegas. So realistically, Vegas could either be eliminated or in the playoffs based on that. How does Calgary play every single team? How many games does Calgary have left? Every schedule I look at has Calgary on it. They play, <laughs> they play Dallas as well. They play Nashville twice. And my God, they just do not go away wherever I look, but it's going to be interesting. Dallas or Nashville definitely has the harder schedule, but Dallas's is not a cakewalk either. They've got some tough teams in there and they get, well, actually it's much easier. They have Calgary and Edmonton, Vegas, Van, Vancouver, but then they also have Anaheim, Seattle, and Arizona. Nashville has Colorado, Minnesota twice against Calgary and Tampa and one against Arizona. And Arizona is the last one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so I- if, Na- if Nashville comes out of those with wins, that would probably mean they get the top wild card spot. I'm going to go on a limb and say they at least push Calgary to seven. That's fair. I, I don't hate that. I mean, it, it's just we'll have to see. I mean, if Dallas plays the Avs, at most that's a six game series, and that means that the fucking Stars got two fluky ass wins. Yeah, I mean, you can't count out either of these teams in a playoff mm-hmm. series. You're going to have to take them serious. Yep, and also. We have to acknowledge that if it goes to six against either of those teams, it's not the end of the world. Like people treat one through eights like you got to sweep or win in five or it's a fucking disaster. That's how you lose in the next round when you lose confidence after you get pushed an extra game by an eight seed. You got to just roll with the punches. You never know what's going to happen in a playoff series. And like if you get Nashville and that's a tougher series and it goes six, honestly good. Like because you're going to have Minnesota – and St. Louis and whoever survives that series is going to be ready for the next round and to play you like it all goes through the abs. Like you're going to have to, they're going to up their game after beating whoever 
comes out of that first round and be ready to play the abs in the second round. If you walk into that series after a sweep or five game series, that wasn't particularly hard. You might not be ready. Like, so maybe going six against Nashville is not the worst thing. Like you, you're going to have to, at some point be ready to, for that second round, the second round is going to say a lot about this generation of abs. If they lose, then the narrative becomes justified. If they win, now all of a sudden they're eight wins away from a Stanley Cup and coming out of playing against whoever comes out of the Pacific, who I don't think is going to be more Good. of a challenge than the second round. Agreed. The third round could realistically be easier than the first two rounds. I think it really is. Calgary has been okay lately. I I wouldn't be shocked if it's Edmonton. Really. I wouldn't be either. They, they've I, really turned a corner. I've been really impressed with them. Granted, I don't think Mike Smith's going to, or Miko Kostin is going to play this well the entire time because we've seen them before in the playoffs but if they keep playing this way they, they have a chance man like i i calgary really does remind me of the year we beat them they yep. don't have a ton of depth their goaltending is better absolutely jacob markstrom's better than mike smith but let's say nashville plays calgary i wouldn't be super stunned if nashville went into that series and walked into the not and walked away into the second round not walked over them if they beat them in six or seven, I wouldn't take that out of the realm of possibility. And then if Edmonton gets Nashville in round two, you might suddenly see Edmonton in the conference final with a very easy road. Like even if their roster is not good, the Pacific isn't good. And if you take Calgary out of that equation, it's bad. bad. Yeah, it's bad. I, I, that's that's good for playoff talk for now because we're going to run out of things to talk about for future episodes. <laughs> this is just what the future episodes are yeah. going to be, just updating the playoff talk. Yeah, but I do have to I do have to end this on this. You'll find it funny. So I'm scrolling through my notifications on Twitter. Uh, I tweeted out a picture of the Avs with the Z next to their name, and this dude ch- uh, tweets back to me means they can choke at home with choke in all caps. I go and look on his Twitter page. Can you guess what fan he is? Oh, this is a tough one. Is he from Minnesota? No. Oh, interesting. It, th- this is where it gets funnier. Like, oh, my you, goodness. You ready? I, I thought Minnesota was the, the, the funniest option. Hit me with this one. He's, for, he's a Vegas fan. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's tweeting at me as my team just fucking clinched the Western Conference with seven games to play, and his team is struggling to get into the playoffs. I don't, um, I don't know how you can hate from outside the club. You can't yeah, even get in. Yeah. He's you ready for some of his tweets. These are funny. Oh, uh, his oh, last tweet them. is uh, looks like the night season is over in all caps. Um, all caps. It, so it's looks like the night season is over. That's all. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other two tweets are Linner is complete trash. Oh, uh, Knights very rash. So he's, so he's that Vegas. Yeah. Fan. Yeah. Knights deserve better. Uh, I miss Mark Andre Fleury. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's the guys who's in my mentions right now. Uh, this guy. So, um, pretty funny. Uh, we'll end the show on that. Hey, what What can you expect from from Vegas fans? Honestly, dude, what is their deal with fucking Robin Leonard? They he's not Mark Andre Fleury, and they hate him. They they will forever hate him for not being Mark Andre Fleury. They act like he specifically brainwashed George McPhee. And made him trade Mark Andre yeah. Fleury. Like some of these, his like tweets are: "You traded the wrong goalie." Linner on his stomach again. Stop pretending he's a good goalie. Um, <laughs> I love like Linner is a downgrade from. Hey, like, why can't why why can't the Avs be less bland and be more like Vegas? Right? Yeah. 
like <laughs> his ones he he bought a coat that says Liner sucks. We deserve better. <laughs> Wait, was that him? Oh, and that's that's always good. He's got some porn in his likes too. Oh, that good was, stuff. So that he's, was surprising. so he's prototypical Twitter, prototypical yeah. Vegas Twitter. So that I'm, I'm, I know, that. I'm convinced that's not a real person. That is a that is a Vegas fan that was spawned in a lab. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a funny quote tweet and I'll tweet it out. But uh, yeah, we'll end the show with that because that just that that that's hilarious. So speaking of choking, yeah. <laughs> Look at your <laughs> likes, bro. <laughs> that was I was just scrolling. It's like all hockey, and it's just oh okay, that's where we're at now. <laughs> I all right. I guess Twitter offers those types of things. <laughs> so on that note, I think that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Sorry to anyone under eighteen, but regardless, it's an explicit podcast. You shouldn't be listening yeah. to this anyway because fuck. <laughs> so thank you so much to everyone for listening to this episode of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to follow us on Twitter, where we are always PG-13, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay and follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. Our likes are clean, we promise. So again, thank you so much to everyone for tuning in and we will catch you all next time where we will again uh, struggle to find things to talk about probably after the, the Avs play, the Caps on monday i will have a fun time with that i think i don't know we'll see how that goes and figure out what we're gonna do for the seattle game so we'll see where all that goes in time we'll catch you all next time enjoy the rest of your week